Mansfield Town were moments away from making it a perfect hat-trick of wins in their opening three games in Skybet League 2. However, they missed a golden lesson. Perhaps they need to attend the Sunday sermon more. That lesson, always play to the full-time whistle. I thought it was a very, very poor decision. Uh, very rarely you see a penalty given when the person who goes down doesn't even appeal. He's getting up to play the next ball and the one next to him is as well. And the referee's got two bodies in front of him. I'm not sure how he can give it. A late penalty for Colchester United scuppered the Stags' ambitions to get maximum points from the opening three games. However, as Nigel Clough says, two out of three ain't bad. Tonight we'll delve into the Colchester performance and we'll look back at what's been a strong opening three games for the Stags so far. Plus, with Bradford City, the visitors to the One Course Stadium on Saturday afternoon, we'll look ahead to that game and ask the question, can Mansfield Town make it Fortress One Course Stadium and keep Bradford City at bay? Maybe even go for a third consecutive home 2-1 win. Although, to be fair, a clean sheet would be nice. As always, we want your views throughout the next hour or so right here on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. An unbeaten start, seven points from nine games and stags in the top four of the table as starts go. It's not a bad one. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. It's been a good, strong start to the season for the Stags with two wins and a draw from their opening three games. Seven points putting the Stags third in the table. A tough game awaits on Saturday afternoon, though, playing second in the table, Bradford City, who also have two wins and a draw from their opening three fixtures. Over the next hour or so, we're going to be here to talk all things Mansfield Town and give you your say on your team. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. As always throughout the show, get involved in the comments, whether you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever you're watching, get involved and say hello. Let us know your thoughts and everything we talk about over the next hour or so. And if you listen to the audio version of this, come and join us every single Thursday at seven o'clock-ish. And of course, on a Sunday for arguably the best show uh, on the internet, it's the Sunday Sermon with myself and of course, my two compadres, Mr. Clive Parkin and Mr. Nathan Edge. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good to see you again. Good always, evening, Nathan. As always, uh, we do have uh, Cam with us as well, uh, but he's not with us again uh, tonight. Shame. Uh, I know. Newborn baby, so we can slightly forgive him uh, a little bit, but 
Um, <clears throat> I think um, tonight, Nathan Edge, we need to have words with him, don't we? Because he messaged the group chat earlier and gave a ridiculous excuse for why he's missing tonight's podcast. Let's let's shame him early doors and then get on with the football. <laughs> I mean, the newborn baby's not even... I mean, I, I didn't miss many, did I? So I'm not... And in typical uh, broadcast fashion, Nathan's internet decides to cut out as he's saying the answer. Nah, I mean, I did have well, a whole cool. pre-season to have But yes, it's, it's, it's oh, shocking. <laughs> there we go. We just about caught the gist of that, Clive, didn't we? But, but Cam's offence, he's watching rugby rather than doing the podcast tonight. Cam's just being Cam. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I can't put it better than that, to be honest. Um, Nath, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, you know, you were with us on Sunday, although you probably can't quite remember it because you've uh, been suffering with the old COVID. Um, you are sounding a lot better, though, tonight. Um, well, you were before the show started anyway, until you started breaking up. Um, <laughs> seriously, get, invest in better Wi-Fi. Uh, but now that you're a little bit better... Um, are you in a better place now to appreciate the the start which which Mansfield Town have had? Yes, uh, absolutely. So sorry if my internet does cut out; it's uh, annoying me. Don't go to Virgin. That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven points out of nine is a great start. It's just gutting. It, it should have should have been nine, shouldn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it really should have been nine points. Um, were you listening to it on Tuesday night to the to the I follow? Absolutely, yeah, um, and and I really thought we was coming away with a one 0 win. I, I did, uh, and it it's a kind of one of them things. It's it's frustrating because it was a last minute penalty, and I mean only a few only a few weeks ago we was on the other end of that. So um, you know it comes and swings and roundabouts sometimes, but it shouldn't have been a problem because we should have been out of sight by then, and that's the most frustrating thing. We should have been three or four goals up by then, and the one goal then wouldn't have made a difference. It would have been consolation. It would have been frustrating because we didn't get the clean sheet that we probably deserved, but we would have had three points, and that's all that matters. So that's that's the bit that's most frustrating, I think. And we were there, of course, on Tuesday night, Clive, made the three-and-a-half-hour journey down there. And like Nathan said, with seconds to go, basically, 30, 40 seconds to go, we were expecting to be bringing all three points home with us, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, we've had situations where we've had a one-goal lead and holding on to it, and it's been, like, frightening all the time. And I didn't feel that way on Tuesday. I thought we were pretty much on top of it. They were a good side at the back, not so hot going forward, and that that's reflects their start to the season. And they've got a tremendous goalkeeper. I'll come back to him later. But uh, at best, the penalty was iffy. And it, and certainly, we, we deserve three points. But as... Um, as other people have said, and certainly Nathan's just said it, we needed to get another goal. And if you don't, if you rely on one goal, these things will happen. Yeah, they certainly will. Let us know your thoughts on Tuesday's game in the comments. As always, a few of you get in touch uh, already. Mark says, evening. Uh, Michael says, evening, Craig, uh, and everybody else as well. Uh, Martin says, hello, uh, everyone. Bishop in Nets looks very uh, commanding at the back. Good start from the lads. And uh, Mr. Wilson, who was, of course, with us last week, says, nice to see you back. Uh, Nathan did a sterling job for us, though, Mr. Wilson, in, uh, in his absence. Uh, yeah, let's touch on the goalkeeping situation. I mean... Uh, Nathan Bishop so far hasn't really had a lot to do. Uh, made a, a bit of a gaffe in the Preston game, but you know he's certainly made up for that. And whilst he didn't have too much to do, Clive on Tuesday night, we were you know not too far behind him 
um, in the in the first half, and a very very loud, commanding, comfortable goalkeeper that's you know really taking ownership of his uh, of his box and his defence. Yeah, that's so we've not really been in a position to judge him as a, a, a shot stopper so far because he's not really had that many to save. But where he's differed from our previous goalkeepers is is his command. For a, for a young goalkeeper, he um, he makes his defenders work in front of him. He distributes the ball well, both kicking and, and throwing. And he has no fear of, of crosses, which is, again, a really refreshing change from our point of view. Yeah, it certainly is because, you know, like you say, we, we've been through so many goalkeepers in the past who've not quite um, done it for us. Jim's been in touch and says Tuesday was frustrating, uh, but 43 games and 129 points to play for over a marathon of an EFL season. There's plenty of games to do the damage we need to do to get promoted. Hashtag perspective and patience. Uh, and Jamie says, unlucky on Tuesday, just needed that second goal uh, played well. I mean, to, for me, Nath, there's not a lot of, of things that I can say is um, as frustrated to me um, so far in the season. I've got a little bit of a, a rant for um, for Tuesday night, which Nigel Clough uh, has shared my views on in his uh, post-match comments. But um, for, for where we are compared to you know where we were last season, with not too many changes to be fair in terms of personnel. You know, it's remarkable how far we've come and just shows the, the amount of work which Nigel Clough has done on the training ground. Fair enough, we've, you look at the last light starting lineup, for example, um, you know, we've got a different goalkeeper and a different right back in, and then obviously a different um, front two. But other than that, it was pretty much the same side which we had at this stage last season. So the work which he's done on the training ground and which the, the, the coaches are putting in, we know we're only at sort of 55, 60%, but. The promise is there so early doors and um, it's just important to stay grounded and it's just exciting to know that if we keep working, you know, it, it could be a, a long but successful season. Yeah, I mean, you know, you say that the personnel is, is pretty much the, the same. Certainly when you look at the last uh, the last starting eleven, but it doesn't feel like that, does it? I think when you see the way we're playing at the moment and that it probably is going to improve as well as the season goes on. Um, it doesn't feel like that, which is a which is a great which is a big boost for us. Um, obviously, we've got off to a better start, a much much better start than last season, so that's another boost. And and you look at Tuesday night in particular. I mean, we've obviously started with the negative and the disappointment of conceding late, but actually, best performance of the season for me, uh, without without a doubt, because some of the football we played going forward was was just super some, some incredible sometimes, um, and and deserved more from what we got out of it so uh you know there's there's a lot there to be positive about and uh you know like like said in the comments there's uh plenty of time for that to get even better so a lot to take out of the, you know the early three games and this is where we come back to you clive as well because you mentioned him earlier the colchester goalkeeper had an absolute stormer um on tuesday night especially in the first half with a, a really really good save from from danny johnson's goalbound header it was. It would have been goal of the season had it gone in. Um, but he saved it. And, and the, the lad's not an old season player by any means, although I think he's been around a bit. But uh, Shamal George's name, and it's mm -hmm. the first time I've seen him in the flesh. And I was really impressed. And he, he, he was uh, he was everywhere he needed to be when, when there was a risk. Um, and I can't see Colchester conceding that many goals this year. 
I think it's a good it's a sign of what we're doing as well because um one thing for me Clive is you know if you're making the goalkeeper work and earn his coin you know you're putting in a good strong performance and you know really got your foot to the floor absolutely and by comparison our keeper didn't have an awful lot to do um and he wasn't to blame for the penalty and in fact he very nearly saved it um so I'm, I'm encouraged by that and I think we, as a unit our our back uh, our um, back four and the goalkeeper are performing well but without labouring the obvious we're, we're susceptible to damage so if anything happens to any of our key players in the back line we haven't really got the strength in cover at the moment so still fingers crossed that the club have found a, another player somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly concerned that we've not had, or slightly, um, well, not concerned, a little bit, maybe a little bit annoyed, really. I know it's just scheduling-wise that they've not, there's not been a, a press conference today ahead of Saturday. I presume it would be tomorrow because, you know, you mentioned about losing key players there. And we saw, didn't we, on, on Tuesday night, the key player for me in that back line, James Perch, with a, a very sporting uh, yellow bandage around his head. And, you know, with all the, the rules and everything, that, that's, that's got to be monitored very, very carefully indeed. Yes, it was a very uh, jaunty yellow bandana type bandage, wasn't it? But uh, he's a hard bloke. I mean, there's no question about that. He was no way he was going to chicken out after that. Mm. But we we're going to tax him this year uh, in, in terms of I got the impression when he was secured that we didn't expect him to do 40 odd games um yeah and uh, and the way things are going we are very dependent on him same with Stephen Quinn I mean Quinn's at an age where we didn't really expect to be able to play him every game certainly not for 90 minutes every game so but we have got adequate cover in midfield it's just that back four that I'm worried about yeah, we definitely need to, to to address that. And I think Nigel Clough will, will know that and we'll be working very, very hard on it. Uh, Martin says, I thought Hawkins would have started on Tuesday night. We was putting some excellent crosses in, which would have been um, ideal for him. Uh, Nigel Clough did mention this after the game. He was questioned about it. Um, was feeling a little bit tired, um, maybe a little bit of a, a cold as well. Wasn't COVID, of course, otherwise he wouldn't have travelled. Um but that kept him out. But that also gave an opportunity, Nate, for us to see Reese Oates in a different position because we've spoke about him a lot. Him and um, George Lapsley will often interchange at the top of that diamond. But Oates pushed a little bit further forward, played as the second striker, and it, it gave us another option. And for me, he's got a lot of pace, Reese Oates, and just needs that goal to sort of uh, you know spark his confidence going. Yeah, I personally feel like uh, Oates' as a performance have got that just a slightly bit better each 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 game is played. Um, and I still think there's more to come from him, that's for sure. And like you say, a, a goal might just be what he needs for his confidence. But then how many times have we sat there, sat here saying that about Jamie Reid last season? So well, you never I wonder know. when you bring him up. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I fancy, I think Oates will do a lot better than, than Reid anyway. But uh, I'll stick the neck out there and say that now. But uh yeah, I mean, when the, when the lineup came, came out, obviously I was surprised about Hawkins, but I made the assumption that surely something he was injured or something was there to prevent him because I think he would be starting but I was excited because I was actually I meant to say this on the podcast um I was either on Sunday or whenever I was last on I can't remember um it that, was Sunday just so you just so you know in your own yeah. head it was Sunday um that, that I quite I, I did I do want to see them in the team together but I do think I was kind of hoping we might see a bit of a 4-3-3 with them in the team together that's that's kind of my vision, having one on each side, uh, Lapsy on the right, Oates on the left, and maybe swap around a little bit. Um, you know, I think that could work and be something that we could do at some point with Hawkins in the middle of that that three. Um, but, you know, 
it was uh I think it worked to a certain extent, but we did miss Hawkins, I think, for for a lot of that game. I think one interesting thing about that is the fact that um, you know, last season uh, especially on, under the early days of Clough, we did play a lot of um, 4-3-3 and trying to play with those three strikers. I'm actually quite surprised that we didn't see it um, at all in pre-season. I thought that Clough might have tinkered with it a little bit and sort of um, had a bit of a look at that. I know he, he prefers the diamond, but can go into that 4-3-3. I think we can do some real damage because if you think, Clive, about the, the, the front men we brought in and the midfield players pushing on with, with the way um, we play... You, you put maybe a, a front three of um, Hawkins in the middle, Johnson on the left, Oates on the right, and that's a very, very dangerous front three to um, to be playing against when they're all playing as an out-and-out strikers because when you go into the diamonds, you know, you, you can often get dragged a little bit narrow and and, uh, and things like that, and you can lose a little bit of that. But by playing a, a front foot, 4-3-3 three, three with, with Hawkins, Johnson and, and Oates, that really does make the mouth water in terms of if we can be solid enough at the back and um, you know almost ensure that we're solidified, we can go forward with a real purpose and get the you know the, the danger the danger men firing. Yeah, to make absolute sense to do that, it would frighten many a defence as well, and it would make makes absolute sense for Lapsley because. I don't think we've seen the best of Lapsley yet this season. I mean, he, he was super, superb last year. Uh, I don't think he's got back to that stage yet. And of course, of course, having Oaks in front of him possibly restricts the amount of creative space that Lapsley was able to have last year. So I think three up front and, and Lapsley doing what he does well um, is the way forward. And you've still got the opportunity to reshape if you have to do, depending on how the, the opposition plays when you've got that. You can still drop back into a diamond or even the old Christmas tree if you have to. do like the old Christmas tree formation. It reminds me of the Mike Bassett movie. Uh, Alan uh, in the comments says, looking ahead, uh, we'll play worse than that, but our chances away uh, to put our, put our chances away and we will win the game. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good point, isn't it, Nate? You know, We've started very, very well. We know what Stacks fans are like when it comes to expectation. We've got, you know, seven points from a possible nine early doors. Um, we don't want to get carried away. Of course we don't. I think we might have been slightly getting a little bit more carried away had we got all three points, as we should have done um, on Tuesday. But I think Nigel Clough is a very good manager at keeping things calm, keeping things in perspective and looking at things in chunks of the season. For me, if we can, I mean, we've only got what? two more league games um, this month. If we can get four points from those two games, I'll be very, very happy with that start. An unbeaten start to the month, three wins and two draws. I'd, I'd, I'd snatch your hand off for that now. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, even even now when you think of the teams that we've played, Bristol Rovers, Newport and uh, and Colchester, you'd, seven points out of nine for the, that calibre of uh, yeah. opposition is, is superb. So, um, that, that's been above my expectation levels, if I'm honest. You, people may say that's negative to think that I, I wouldn't expect us to get that, but um, I'm, I'm now sat here pleasantly you know, pleased about it. So um, I think it's going to be a very different, difficult test on, on Saturday. So if there's going to be a game that where you maybe expect to drop points, this could be the one. They're, they're coming and they're, they're fine at the moment. Um, and you know, they're going to have a great support and, and so on. So... Uh, but then you'd have you know, probably said the same about Bristol Rovers bringing their support that they might cause us more problems. So you never know with Mansfield Town. And like Alan said in the in the comments, we it wouldn't surprise if we go and have a worse game performance-wise, 
but just take our chances. And that's all you have to do sometimes in football is just take those chances because, um, you know, the, that whole tippy-tappy football is, is superb, but we, we're still sat here disappointed on Tuesday night because we ended up conceding late and only drawing, whereas actually um, the performance was, was really good and deserved more. Just before we delve into a little bit of Nigel Clough, um, there was one thing which annoyed me on, on Tuesday night, Clive, and um, and I think this is what Nigel Clough will be looking at as well. You know, he didn't pull no punches in his post-match. He said, we should have got three points, but ultimately we need to switch on more as well because a minute before we concede the penalty, we get a free kick on the halfway line where with... Jordan Barry and Ollie Hawkins both on the pitch from the bench. There's only one place that needs to go, and that's be pinged right in the corner flag and and held and just put as far away from our goal as humanly possible. What we try and do is we try and be clever and we try and play it through midfield. Jordan Barry gives the ball away, it goes out for a throw, and then so that's error number one. Error number two is then all right, it's gone out for a throw. You've got to deal with it and reshape. What didn't we do? We didn't deal with it. And we didn't reshape. We weren't quick enough to react for it. Ball's thrown to their, you know, their centre half who pings the ball into the box and a soft penalty is given and the game is we've gone from being in a good commanding position with a minute to go, less than a minute to go, to giving the opp- the, the opposition um, you know, the the chance to to steal a point, which to be fair, I don't really think they massively deserved. They weren't they were a they were a decent side, but I think we were we controlled it in more. But my point is, Clive, that we have to be cleverer than that we've got to have that game knowledge and being able to see a game out because it's those silly errors which one or two of them over the course of time do add up yeah absolutely we were in command for 93 minutes of that game and realistically you should come away with everything Uh, the fact we didn't score another goal the fact that we two or three players went to sleep for the last couple of minutes was the reason why we didn't come away with three points I'd have settled for a draw before the game. I'm not unduly upset about it, but you feel like it's a, lo- a loss when you uh, when you concede in the way we did on Tuesday night. Um, but uh, we'll get better than that. And I think you know, without pulling individuals together, I, I wasn't sure about bringing uh, Jordan on when we did. Uh, he had no chance to really get his legs working, and uh, and then he was t- he was guilty of, of a bit of slackness. Um, I'm always a little bit worried about late. Um, uh, substitutions anyway yeah. uh, depends what you want them to do but obviously bringing yeah. people on at that end what you want them to do is to lock everything up and they didn't do it yeah absolutely well let's now uh, go over to uh, the Stags dressing room and get Nigel Clough's thoughts um, on uh, the result here he is speaking to I follow Stags after the full time whistle I thought it was a very very poor decision uh, very rarely you see a penalty given when the person who goes down doesn't even appeal he's getting up to play the next ball and the one next to him is as well uh, and the referee's got two bodies in front of him. I'm not sure how he can give it. We should have been out of sight, um, but when you've got a minute and a half to go and the ball's just slung into your box, you've got to get out and get a bit more pressure on the ball. Uh, but nobody's making doing anything rash. You know, Mac has gone for the header. He's then sort of slightly wrong side. Lad's just gone down. He doesn't appeal for a penalty. He gets up to play the ball. And the referee from 20, 25 yards away gives a penalty. Quite an astonishing decision, really. I thought we were very good at times tonight. I thought we controlled the game for long periods uh, and created uh, numerous opportunities. Uh, Nathan Bishop's had very little to do uh, and we've had several chances to put the game to bed. So that's the frustrating part. Uh, and then the penalty on top just caps it off. You know, Sometimes you'll see it through and you'll see 1-0. Uh, but we didn't do anything wrong. 
main disappointment was we got the free kick just in front of us down here with two or three minutes to go. Uh, and we're just trying to keep the ball when they're throwing, uh, kill the clock and uh, we give it away. Jordan Barry gives it away and then they break at us and that was disappointing. It's decision making, which I thought was poor at times in the first half. We played some great stuff, but also uh, four or five decisions we made have to be better. We just were a bit worried about the height tonight uh, with Ollie Hawkins uh, not being available to start. Uh, and they're a big side and a very strong on set plays. Uh, so that, that was the main reason he got the call, but he's popped up with an important goal. It's still, hey, it's still a good point for us. You know, it's just the last minute, everybody's a little bit down and when we've been on top, we should have won. Uh, but, you know, seven points in the first nine with an away point uh, is never bad, but we should be winning that game. Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to iFollow Stags. Uh, as always, you can catch more interviews on iFollow at mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow is the place to be uh, for all your post-match uh, interviews. And of course, not forgetting all of those uh, match replays and much, much more behind the scenes content as well. Nice to see though, Nigel Clough agreeing with me uh, on uh, on that one. Uh, let's talk then about uh, a debutant on Tuesday night then, uh, Nath. Uh, Elliot Hewitt thrown in at right back for Kel Gordon. Nigel Clough saying that uh, he was worried a little bit about the height. Obviously, uh, Colchester got one way of playing, which is up to big front Newbell, the number nine, to try and play off him. Um, Elliot Hewitt brought in for Kel Gordon, especially with Ollie Hawkins out the team as well to give us that extra height and in some ways it gave us that extra little bit going forward too because you got a tall right back we were putting crosses in from the left hand side which is our, our trademark in, in some ways and uh, it, it paid off for us and uh, nice to see him get a debut goal yeah definitely um, I mean when you look at it on paper you probably would have thought it was more of a defensive change you know with him coming in instead of, of Gordon because Gordon's one that does bomb forward more and you'd say is you know, probably less effective defensively, and it's vice versa for, for for Elliot Hewitt. Whereas actually, what it did mean is, um, you know, although he wasn't necessarily attacking down the right and wing, getting out to him as much to put in the crosses, it was like you say the opposite. We was very good down the left going forward, as it, as we have tend to have been in the last uh, you know last few games. And he's the one that's uh, popped up with the goods and and in the, you know got the ball in the back of the net. So uh, you know, I thought he played very well both. I was getting the goal, but defensively too. Um, a bit like he did in the, I think it was the Coventry game, uh, mm. where he, he played out there actually and showing that, you know, it's he, not just being put there for to, to fill a spot. He can actually play a play a pretty decent role there. So um, that's that's a big positive for us. Again, that versatility, I think, is one of the important things that when we are a bit threadbare back there, you do need players like that that can fill in a few different spots when they're needed to. Impressed with him, Clive? Yeah, saw him play in the Coventry game. I thought he, he played with a calm, collective manner and, and the same on Tuesday. I thought uh, um, he did everything he should have had to do and did it reasonably well. Um, and of course, the goal was a real bonus and it was a well-taken header. Yeah, it certainly was. And like you say, you know, got forward and gave us that option down that side. For me, though, I think the, the one thing it does, it... it, it in This is not a negative in any stretch of the imagination, but it... it highlights the fact that we do need another centre-half because so far, you know, Clough's utilised him at right-back and almost as, as as a straight swap for Kel Gordon. Of course, he can play at centre-back. He played there for Grimsby and has played there, you know, in the most of his career. But if you're looking at him, you know, to, to fill that side and to if he's playing well and performing well, there's absolutely, you know, no sense whatsoever in switching him back into the middle. So, again, for me, Nath, just highlights the need to, for, for Clough to really, really 
be knocking on uh, the CEO's door and saying, come on, we need to get this signing over the line. Yeah, I, I do think we need it. Um, but, you know, if in the meantime, I I think it is literally going to be, um, you know, on the right back, it's going to be between Gordon and Hewitt. But the minute we do lose a centre-back, it's, it's got to be Hewitt going in there because there's, there's nobody else to to do that in, in the centre-half. So if that happens, you've then got no, not really any competition on that right-hand side. You know, you've got Gordon, then the probably next in line, you're probably going to say is... Uh, it's James Clark, really, isn't it, for the for the right hand side? So, who seems to be quite quite you know way off at the moment? So, you then lose that bit of competition to keep Gordon on his toes. So, for that reason, again, even if you take out the inj- any injuries or suspensions that are going to come, it's still important for for competitions. Keep your comments coming in. Keep your comments coming in. Want to hear your views, of course, ahead of Bradford on Saturday. And then, of course, um, got a, a free week as well. So some time on the training ground um, as well. Get your comments uh, coming in. Keep them coming in. Um, whilst you know, we were talking there about James Clark live, I think um, Nigel Clough seems to be quite impressed with him. Obviously, he's not getting the game time. But in previous you know press conferences and what have you, he's praised his attitude quite a lot. And when you know we, we've sent a... Uh, Mansfield Town 11, in inverted commas, out. Um, he's been, you know, captain of that side and, and things like that. He seems to be held in high regard for, from Nigel Clough. Obviously, you know, at the moment, third choice right back. So, you know, as, as much as we want to see him perhaps in the team and, and, and see him have a run in, in, in League Two, if we can get that other centre-back in, then, you know, we can also get him out and develop him because we've got a really good player, uh, you know, on our hands to, you know, to develop him. Yeah, I'd like to see him go out and get the best part of the season somewhere else and play competitive football every week. Um, I don't think he's quite ready for us at the moment. And I think that's probably why Clough mm. likes him, rates him, but doesn't play him. Um, we've, um, we, without keep repeating ourselves, we are still thin of good, in good centre-backs. And, and uh, you know, that would put even more pressure on young Clark if he was in the side, I'm afraid. So uh, um, I, I like him, as I think he's, he's probably a season away from being a store within our side. Yeah, I agree. I think he's got some real, uh, real good potential um, for us. Um, talking of uh, potential and, uh, and players who have gone out to develop Nath, the ongoing saga of Jimmy Knowles, of course. Um, we referenced it a few weeks ago, of course, but we didn't really um, touch too much on it. Obviously, in the last um, week or so, he has been sent out on a season-long loan. He joins the likes of Aaron O'Driscoll, who's out on a season-long loan, uh, Roland Menayese, and, of course, Corey O'Keefe, who's on half a season loan um, to Rochdale. Um Judging by Nigel Clough's comments, though, um, for on Jimmy Knowles, it's very much this low move, make or break for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we, I mean, we kind of anticipated it coming, didn't we? Um, you know, when you look at the players that we brought in, uh, you know, in the, in the, we are pretty strong in the forward department. And I think it, it said a lot in a couple of his interviews when, you know, pre-season... He's talking about his forward players. A lot of times, he forgot to say Jimmy Knowles, which to me, you know, was it was it was he just forgetting, or is it genuinely that, you know, he's got his first sort of forward five, and then Jimmy, and Jimmy was going to be one going out on loan. So um, you know, it's a good move for him. I think it's necessary. <clears throat> Hopefully, he gets more game time than what he got at Notts County, because that's the most important thing. Um, you know, and he's still, although it's a Scottish league, he's playing with the. You know, with, with men, and I think that's what he needs for his development. And then we'll see where he is 
come, um, you know, hopefully keep an eye on him, but see where he is come the end of the season, moving forward to next season. Yeah, Scottish Championship side, of course. So it's not the greatest of levels, but it's a real opportunity for him to, to go out and try and get some games. That definitely one to, to, to keep our eye on. But like Nathan said, Clive, you know, when Clough was referencing his, his forward line, Jimmy Knowles wasn't really a name which was included in that. It was, um, you know, the light, even the likes of Nathan Kane were, you know, were, were put ahead of him. If I'm being honest, I don't think uh, Clough rates him. I think... Uh... He's inherited a, a, a lad full of talent, potential talent, and he's yet to impress. Um, and I think this season's his last chance saloon, as far as we're concerned. Um, I hope he does very well, and certainly it'll be an interesting experience for him to play in the Scottish League. Um, and if he plays well, he can come back with his kilt and sparring and play for us next year. Jimmy McGoals, as we'll nickname him, <laughs> if, he, uh, if he manages to, to, to get the, hit the ground running. I was trying to have a little look to see if he... If he uh, had played yet, but uh, I don't think he's uh, he's managed to get his first game yet. But he's only, he's only gone as far as Carlisle anyway. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's at Scotch Corner having a Burger King. Uh, obviously, we'll keep our eye on that throughout the uh, the rest of the uh, rest of the season and see how he does. And we wish him all the very very best uh, indeed. Let's turn our attention then to Saturday night, Bradford City, the visitors to the One Core Stadium, and. Oh, you know what's co- you know what's coming because your mate is going to pop up and score, isn't he? Oh, probably, um, and and maybe your mate will as well. We've both got mates playing here. Who's who's Lee Angle's mate? That's that's been Nathan. That's, that's that's my mate. Yeah, yeah. Nathan had a love hate relationship with Leon Goal. Yeah, there was no there was no love there. <laughs> but, but, but it's then, probably you know, better it's probably better for not being able to see him to be quite honest well that's it sometimes I sit at home very thankful that I can't see and that's one of the moments um, <laughs> but uh, Kane yeah, Hemmings like, I know I, I, you know Kane Hemmings had that penalty against County almost yeah you're right, all but uh, yeah, Leanne Gall obviously um, surprised he got that move to them to be honest he didn't do very well Leighton Orient, he hasn't seemed to do anywhere very well, has he, to be fair. Uh, but then he goes and pops up with two goals um, last week for them. So he'll have confidence. He always lifts his game a little bit for you know when he plays against us, which can't be hard for him to lift his game, can it, to be honest. Um, so you've got that problem. And then we've got Andy Cook scoring that trick to, to get himself into full, fine form to come back to us as well. And I'm sure he'll be... Uh, eager to get on the score sheet because I think he was probably quite happy to see the the, the, the door for the fifth time leaving us again. So, um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a very tough game. And like I said, I think, I think this is going to be the hardest one yet out of all the, out, out of the four, well, out of the three that we've done. Yeah, Bradford have done a lot of good business over the over the summer. Obviously, you know, again a, a change in management because it, it wavered off towards the back end of last season. But you know, they were they were up there. They were in the mix until about you know five or six games to go, and it just sort of wavered um, for them. You know, they're a, a very big club with a good fan fan base. You know, we talk about um, we talk about. Uh, the, the return of fans and, and being backed and the advantage that could give them. And certainly Bradford Clive are, are a, a club who are well-backed absolutely everywhere they go. The atmosphere at the One Core Stadium the last couple of home games has been absolutely phenomenal. We've really got to keep that going and, and raise it again uh, a notch on Saturday. We've got to make it a horrible place where we drown out the away support and we just, you know, and then the boys can do it on the pitch because we've seen the response that the players get from, um, you know, from the chance and from the atmosphere. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough call to outshout the Bradford fans because they've filled, they've filled the North Stand for this game. Mm. Um, they have a huge fan base and, of course, they've sold an awful lot of season tickets this year. I think 17,000 or something. Um, having said that, their season tickets are about half the price of ours. But, you know, they, they can have big gates every week and they are this year's Bolton Wanderers is the big team in the, in the league, I guess. Um, and I think they are, are, they're going to be our sternest challenge so far. And I sincerely believe we need to score at least two goals to come away from this match with anything. I think we're really going to see our defence tested, Nath. I think, you know, we've had a lot of the ball um, in the opening three games. And so we've played some really good fluid football, which has been eye-catching and mouth-watering. But I think we, you know, we're going to have a lot of spells where it's, we're going to have to to rough it up a little bit and, uh, you know, really, really get stuck in. That's why I was quite surprised, actually, on Tuesday night to see Stephen Quinn play the 90 minutes. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd agree with that because I think he's a key player, but um, he's definitely going to be our hardest test, you know. And I think we're going to see, you know, we said earlier about Nathan Bishop and you know what we've been able to see of him so far has been great. We've only seen a couple of occasions where he's had to step up as a as a shot stopper. Whereas I think this is going to be a different scenario on on Saturday. I think it will be a bit more back to back to the walls job. Um, you know, we're certainly going to face more shots. We all know Andy Cook can sort of turn from nowhere, basically on the on the on the byline and get a shot off sometimes so um you know you've got that to uh contend with so we'll see a bit more from him which i which i'm excited to see i'm excited to see a little bit because i think he will stand step up to the to the plate but like we say we've got to keep the ball out of the net but i think we've also got to be a bit more clinical because we're not going to create the same amount of chances that we have done uh in the likes against colchester so tougher test um bearing in mind as well you know we have played bristol rovers and newport who when they, you know, I don't want to put a downer on what we have done. I thought we've played very well, but they have been missing key players as well. So this is, for me, looks like it's going to be a, a full strength, good Bradford, you know, Derek Adams side. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Good manager, of course, Derek Adams. Won promotion last season uh, with Morecambe. Morecambe fans will probably hate him now, though, because he forced Kevin Ellison out of the door and then uh, decided to do one on them for to Money Talks, doesn't it? Uh, talking of money and uh, club news, obviously, uh, in case you might have missed it, we do try and be a, a beacon of information for you on this podcast as well. Um, ticketing news ahead of Saturday is obviously going to attract... Uh, a lot of supporters, this one with it being Bradford, as you would uh, imagine. I would imagine there'd be at least um, five and a half thousand um, Stags fans uh, in that one, maybe a, a six and a half gate. However, um, there are some things to be aware of ahead of Saturday. Uh, due to some of our match day ticketing staff being forced to self-isolate, a club statement reads, we are encouraging supporters to purchase tickets online via stagstickets.co.uk for this weekend's match at home versus Bradford City. Our match day ticket booth will not be open on Saturday due to staff shortages. So to avoid long queues at the main ticket office window, we're requesting that fans purchase tickets online for Saturday's much-anticipated fixture. To further ease queues on match day, supporters can gain access to the One Course Stadium by scanning an e-ticket on their mobile phone screen at the turnstiles. E-tickets are available when purchasing via stagstickets.co.uk and allow you to enter the One Course Stadium without the need to collect or be in possession of a physical ticket. In order to get your e-ticket, you must first purchase your match ticket from stagstickets.co.uk before selecting the print at home option. 
a confirmation email will be then sent to you. Once this option has been selected, once you've received your email, download your ticket by selecting the download prompt within the confirmation email. You'll then be presented with an e-ticket barcode, which allows you to enter the one-call stadium by scanning your mobile phone screen at the turnstiles. We thank you for your anticipated understanding uh, and apologise for any potential inconvenience this may cause. It's still less of a complicated ticketing system than Colchester United Clive. <laughs> Although we've done our best to make it sound more complicated than it is there, I think. Yeah, we have a little bit, yeah. But the uh, the, the way of the world, we're all going towards e-tickets, whether we like it or not. And, yeah. and my heart goes out to the people who are locked out of uh, the digital world, you know, not, not mm. uh, used to using smartphones and, and the like. Um, I just wonder how many people actually need to buy a ticket on match day now, because... Uh, uh, it, it shouldn't be that many. I mean, quite honestly, there's no reason why the majority of people can't buy their tickets in advance. Um, but uh, the club isn't good at responding to, to um, demand, um, if I'm being critical. They, mm. We run a very, very tight, uh, contained front office there, and, and it works well up to a point. But as soon as anything extraordinary happens, like people want to buy season tickets, or we get a good draw in the cup, the whole thing just can't cope. Um, so uh, we'll see. I, I think uh, we, it'll be a crowd similar to the, the opening day crowd. I think we'll uh, we'll all enjoy the experience. I think we, uh, we we shall all be hoarse at the end of it. And I'd be very very surprised if Mr Cook doesn't bag a goal. But having said all that, if I watched the match on television or the highlights of the Bradford Stevenage game, our defence is much better than Stevenage's defence on that evidence. Yes, yeah, certainly so. Yeah, famous last words. Podcasters, uh, pan podcast panelists curse, as it's uh, yeah. known commonly in the game. Um, whilst we were talking, uh, you know, there you mentioned about the club. Obviously, you know, the ticket office staff do a, a, a good job. There's only a couple of them in there now. I know they're really, really stretched trying to deal with requests, but I think you're spot on. I don't like being critical of the club. I never have liked being cri critical of the club, but there are certain areas which can be improved on. And with the fact that the ticket office booth is going to be closed on Saturday, I have now a major issue. That issue is, where the bloody hell am I going to find a programme from? Because the, the first game of the season, the Bristol Rovers game, there was one programme seller who happened, I just happened to catch the eye of via cam, um, who have managed to get a programme from. But he's trying to do the whole ground and get cover everywhere. So trying to find him is impossible. I went for a little wonder before um, the game last last weekend um, at home, of course, uh, against Newport, and uh, stumbled across the ticket office, in, office booth, and uh, they did have some programmes in there, which was great. When I've been into the concourses inside the ground, I've not noticed any programmes for sale inside the stadium, which, you know, is, is a problem. Now, I... I'm a little bit OCD with this. Um, and, um, you know, uh, like, for example, I said to Clive on Tuesday at Colchester, I'm not going to get a programme for me because if other away grounds don't do it, that's my OCD gone. But Stags are doing their programmes. And, you know, whilst they've been reduced and whatever for, for cost reasons, that's great. But um, it, it's difficult to find one. And if I miss one... That's it, gone, and I will be in such a I'll be in such a mood. Mr. Wilson says food kiosks that they are there, but um, I certainly haven't seen any in the Ian Greaves upper. So uh, that's that's just where I am. You know, you can order one online, don't you, Craig? Yeah, but that's effort. Isn't it? That, that 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 distracts from the match day thing for me. <laughs> No, that, no. I mean, I I'm, I'm a bit. I would, I would order one if I didn't get one. I would order one online, but 
as part of my match day routine, I like to have a physical program in my plastic wallet in hand to read at half time, so I can ignore. I mean, so I don't have to. I mean, so I can have a read of the program support. I don't, the club. Have, have um, I don't know if you've got the uh, the audio loaded onto this new system yet, but I'm a bit upset with you. If hang you've on. Hang on. Hang on. depends what you depends which one you're going for. I mean, we'll, we'll you'll, try. You'll, you'll 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 get it in a minute. Go on then. So the one game you don't go and buy. A match day program. Yeah, we concede a ninety-fifth minute penalty and draw the game no, and drop two no, points. That's away from so, home. That is de- that is definitely not. Killed it already. Killed yeah, it. thanks for that. The YouTube stream's now got off because copyright. Oh, can I just <laughs> can I just also say that the programmers at Colchester were free of charge and in abundant supply. I know, but no. I mean, like, I'm not surprised after you've had to, you know, provide a urine sample, hop on, hop on one <laughs> leg, hover over a re- register, and do all that funky dance to to actually get in the bloody place. So, fair play to them. But you know, when you got to the ground, they, they, the 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 staff and the stewards were superb. Mm. Well, I should think so after you've gone no, through all I that think. to even bloody get there in the first place. <laughs> and did you, would you get a winner's medal as well? Because I think that would have been necessary. Oh, you're a septic. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I just think it would mess up my match day routine. I like to have a physical program in my hand. If they are available at the food kiosk, then I hold my hands up and apologise. But certainly, where I've been in the last two games, I've not noticed them behind the kiosk. But also, that Team does bring at the food, aren't you? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm working here with a, an OCD collector holic and a, a rampant cynic. <laughs> Welcome. It's to a good, it's a good job you've got me. To, it's a good job you've got me on this panel. How is it taking you five series to figure out that I'm an OCD mad program person and Nathan's a cynic? Well, I didn't like to say before now. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it does bring me on to another point, and this is the last point I'll finish on before moving to predictions, and that is the club shop. Now, Nathan and Cam have both had um, children over, you know, since we've last been able to get into the grounds previous seasons. Now, Uncle Craig wants to buy them both a Stag's Teddy. And you know some stags memorabilia and things like that. I'm sure they've all, like, Oliver's already got loads, uh, but you know it's, it's part of the uncle duties. So many kids and so many new people are going to the club for the first time, and yet the only place to go and buy stock is at the ticket office window, which is already rammed on match day anyway. And you know you can't actually go and physically look at it. You've got to ask for what you want. So you've got to know what you want. I just think that the club are missing a massive, massive trick on that one for me, Nath. I just think there's so many areas of the ground outside the ground which you know they could get another booth up and run in. Whether it's a volunteer thing or not, I don't know to, to run it. it. There's other questions there, but they must after so long of not having that revenue. I'm really, really shocked and somewhat disappointed to see that they've not gone for that whole thing of um having as much things to buy and as much things available for for fans coming back as humanly possible yeah i mean especially early on in the season like 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 i can just picture like you know a booth now you know in the uh, in the car park area of the i know the perfect place where sorry to cut you off the front in front of the 3g pitch there used to be some car parking bays which were for overspill, but they've got rid of them now to allow fans to mingle a bit more now they've tarmacked it. There yeah. is perfect. Yeah, so get get some stuff on display, hopefully catch a few eyes. I guess the, the thing is, you know, how many how many new people do we normally have on a match day? Usually 
it's not. It's returning fans, your season ticket holders. So are they likely to go and buy merchandise? Not 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 necessarily. But I think because it's a you know the return of after COVID, I think we have attracted a few more new people and hopefully a few more young youngsters and who we might inspire to keep coming. So they're the ones I think certainly for now, if a little pop up stall like that would even be possible. You know, especially when the club shop isn't available. Um, you know, so I think it would be it's it's a shame we're not capitalising on it while the while the attendances are a little bit higher and hopefully continue to grow. So um, you know, it would seem like logical sense, wasn't it? I'm guessing they have the reasons, obviously, to keep the club shop closed and being so small and with COVID, etc. But a pop-up stall out outside shouldn't be too too strenuous to actually sort out, surely. Well, of course, Clive, they had the one previously, didn't they? You know, they had the little kiosk, you know, halfway outside. The <laughs> yeah, the one, the one that's a bottle been, bar now, isn't it? Yeah, it's turned into an yeah. outside bar, which is great for, for that. And, you know, that's a, a good source of revenue. But there's no reason whatsoever in my mind why they couldn't have a, purchased another one of those to, you know, put further down where we said. Because as you walk, for me, as you're walking up, you know, the through quarry lane and up through the gates that's a perfect prime spot for it for it to be it's out of the way and you know it's it would be outside because you know you'd be able to see the stuff on display and everything but you wouldn't have to physically go into a building it just makes sense i think the covid things brought it all to a a grinding halt to be quite honest but before all that i mean we didn't particularly well we certainly didn't do it very well as a club shop compared to most teams we i mean we I'm thinking about going back to Macclesfield and they were still around a tatty little ground, a tatty little club in many respects, but they got a nice club shop. Mm. Um, and by comparison, ours is a, a little bit of a, an apology of a, of a club shop. Mm. And I think the product range itself is limited. It's like nobody really loves it. And I just wonder whose responsibility it is at the ground. Is it the marketing manager's responsibility? Is it the uh, is it one of the Broughtons' baby to look after? I don't know, but it needs someone to take it forward. Yeah, it, it certainly does. It, it would just be, you know, this season, I think, you know, we're all hopeful that this is going to be a good season, you know, and, and we'll actually be up there and, and about and have a, get a few more people through the, through the doors. So it would just be a shame to not capitalise on it, wouldn't it? You know, you look at, for example, what the likes of Lincoln did, and I know they're probably an extreme case because they, but they managed to get it basically exactly right. And I remember as they were going on that, that sort of crest of the wave, I remember seeing on their Twitter, like, the amount of things that they had on a match day going on, you know, and stuff around the ground. And they, they always had things about, you know, where to buy merchandise and there's stuff for kids and uh, all sorts of things like that. So I just think for us, I know we're not quite hitting nine, ten thousand each week like like they were, but we are slowly growing. And it's just been nice to sort of capitalise on, on that, try and give a few more tickets away to schools and whatnot and, and try and build on it and, and keep people coming while, while, it's, while it's good. Do you know, if, if it was my club, uh, which it will never be, um, I'd have a director of customer experience, somebody whose entire role was to maximise the customer experience of attending football and other events at the One Call Stadium. Um, and I think there are, ju- there are roles that embrace it in part, but nobody's taking it forward as a whole thing. And that would be, I think, um, a, a good development. I know, that, to be fair to the Radfords, the, the hotel plan was going to incorporate a a club superstore on the premises as well, but that's not likely to happen in my opinion no. now. Um, so it's making a better job of what we, we currently do. And I'd just like to see a bigger unit and more more different merchandise and a bit more of a commitment to it. 
Uh, and as you say, once you're a, a fan, you want to keep buying bits and pieces that demonstrate your, your, your com- commitment to your club. Yeah, definitely. I think there's definitely scope for it, for it there. Whether the there could be something within the ground itself, I don't know. But it certainly may be a question to to put to David Sharp and, and to suggest towards the club uh, in the future because I do feel like you know. But let's let's be there. let's be fair for a minute. Excellent news broke last week. The news of the century. The new scoreboard. Yeah. We're getting a brand new scoreboard by the end of this calendar year. Twenty five square meters, all singing, all dancing scoreboard not before time because where i sit in the stand you couldn't see the scoreboard and the pa you couldn't hear alan's dulcet tones and i was very critical of that went to colchester a fairly new stadium and they've got this all singing singing all dancing scoreboard the moment we walked in it broke and the sound system where we were was even worse than the on call so i think it's probably me, me and craig that's doing it i think we're a bad fluence Listen, we've got through 52 minutes of this show without anything going wrong yet. So I'm thinking of knocking it on the head very, very shortly indeed to get through it. Get through it. But excellent news on the scoreboard, Nathan. I know for you, it, it, it's quite annoying, really, because you won't be able to, you know, to have it. But I think, you know, in terms of ad revenue and stuff like that and, and match day experience, I think it, it's certainly a, a move in the right direction, one we've been asking for. I just hope that it's positioned in the right place and, it's actually one which is developed well and it's not been pulled together from, it's not like four TV screens which have had the sides ripped off and, you know, welded together. It, it sounds like it's going to be the a, a proper proper works, I think, this one. So uh, at least we can look forward to that. I mean, the last one I actually physically remember being able to see was a, was a very small one by the side of the Quarry Lane end, actually. So It's still there. I think it's still I there, isn't it? It's never still on. works. I believe that still would work if it, if you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was there was a connection issue with there because it. I think it all fed through like a Wi-Fi receiver, and it was just yeah. it was just mental. I, so, I went, think it, no, it ran on a wire, but I think Mez ran over it with his mower. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no where this plane. There's a claim. Uh, we'll talk more about that in future weeks. Of course, we look forward to that um, being back up and running. Time now, gentlemen, to start thinking about your predictions. Whilst you do, uh, let's run you through some other club news uh, this week. Tickets are now on sale for our next away fixture at Swindon Town on Saturday, the 28th of August. We've received 500 tickets for the clash. No away tickets will be able to purchase on the day of the game. Admission prices are as follows. Adults are £23. Senior citizens are £17. Students are also £17. Uh, under 21s get in for a tenner. It's £6 for an under 18. And if you're under 11, it's just a quid. Um, tickets are now on sale via stagstickets.co.uk, which is the easiest way to purchase tickets for our fixtures this season. Tickets are also on sale via the Mansfield Town Ticket Office on Quarry Lane by calling 01623 482482 and option one. The club can post tickets up until 5pm on Monday, the 23rd of August. Tickets will go off sale on the website at midnight on Thursday, the 26th of August and at midday on Friday, the 27th from the ticket office itself. Um, on the day of the game, away parking is available at uh, St. Joseph's School at £5 per vehicle. Don't get there before me, though, because that's where I always park and you miss the magic roundabout. Um, that's a five-minute walk from the ground. Uh, and, of course, the Stag Sports Association will be providing family-friendly travel to Swindon with the coach departing the one-course stadium at 9am. Amber and junior members are £15 apiece. Blue members are 20 quid, and non-members are 25 Full details on how to book, see the SSA page. Also, as well, on sale, Harrogate in the Cup – 
Nathan Edge, are you looking forward to me having a rant in a week's time about how Mansfield Town should be winning the Papa John's Trophy? <laughs> oh, we, we do it every every season, don't we? So I'll be, I'll be joining with you on that one. It's, it was Cam that was always a bit uh, on the fence with that one. So maybe maybe Clive will take his place. Yeah, maybe splinters. maybe Camel always come, might might even come back and you know join the the, the rant. Uh, tickets are now on sale for our Papa John's opening fixture away at Harrogate on Tuesday the thirty first of August seven forty five kickoff. Tickets are available in both seated and standing areas. Uh, prices are as follows: uh, one hundred and forty eight seated tickets are available, very precise. Eleven pounds for an adult, uh, nine pounds for a concession, uh, three pounds for under eighteen. Three hundred and fifty two again, very precise uh, tickets are available for standing up it's a tenner for an adult eight pound for a concession and two pound for an under 18 so basically it's a pound more to sit down uh, on that one um, that means well. they allocate 500 tickets to away fans then on that basis that's excellent maths clive and i'm glad you did it because i couldn't be bothered uh, so there you go uh, so there you go that has it so that's your ticketing news out of the way they're on sale now um go and get mine i imagine tomorrow at some point so if you're around the one call stadium around lunchtime tomorrow when i'm on my lunch and working from home tomorrow feel free to come and say hello as i'm buying my tickets um and keep me talking as long as you want because it's friday and i can't be bothered to do any work uh on to uh, predictions now then um i'll bring you we'll bring you up to date with all the latest um podcast prediction league table points tomorrow <coughs> um when i've had a chance to go through and do the maths and uh, work the spreadsheet out but let's move on um to um, Saturday's game, of course. Only one game to predict this week. I'm going to start with you, Clive. What are you going to go for um, for this weekend's uh, fixture at home to Bradford City? As usual, uh, we're after the uh, the scoreline and the goal scorers. 2-2. Two, two. Johnson, Hawkins. Hey, going for a two-all draw. You don't get any points, by the way, for predicting um, away goal scorers because I think we just put everything on to uh, Andy Cook and Leon goal. Nathan, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go for 2-1 again. 2-1 win, yeah? in the opposite direction. Oh, 2-1. You're going for a 2-1 defeat? Yeah, I think it's going to be our first first defeat of the season. Oh, so uh, I'm going to go for 2-1 for to, to Bradford. Who's your goal scorer for us? Goal scorer will be... Mr. Ollie Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins, okay. Um, it's going to be a very, very tight game, uh, an entertaining game, and I think we are going to steal it. I think we're going to win three-two. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put my absolute neck on the line and say, out of the three of us, I'm going to be the one that predicts a victory. I'm going to say a three-two win because Le- he's, gone, he's gone for the three goals because he he wants the chance of getting a goal scorer. I see where it's going. No, no, it's not that at all. I just think you know. I, I just think my logic is Leon Gol and Andy Cook are both going to score, so they're going to score two. We're going to score three and beat them. Um, goal scorers. Well, I hope you're right, Craig. Yeah, me me as well. Uh, goal scorers. I'm going to go for Perch. I can just see him coming up for the back thunderous header. Um, I'm going to go Rawson. Uh, definitely not Rawson though. No. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for Stevie Mack, McLaughlin, uh, and I'm going to go for uh, Oates, I think, will pop up and uh, score a goal. So lots of different varieties uh, in there. If you want to play along with podcast predictions, uh, make sure you head to our Facebook and Twitter feeds, at MTFC Matters on both, um, tomorrow where you'll see the link to get involved on that one. You can play along all season long and you'll win yourselves some Mansfield Matters merchandise. We're going to have some brand new mugs. 
maybe some t-shirts and some hoodies uh, as well. Um, this is the prototype mug. You can see it, see it on camera now. I need to move it more into the center of the screen. Uh, our logo on there. It's a yellow mug as well. Um, it's just our logo, basically. Um, so you can watch the podcast with a nice cup of tea. Uh, we might even throw in some biscuits um, as well. Uh, to save money, by the way, if you win the mug, you have to you have to download a PDF of the uh, the label that you stick on yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it, it comes as a sticker. Yeah, sort of seen, sort of seen, lad, sort of seen. Uh, so there you go. If you want to play along, uh, make sure you head to our um, Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, for that. Final comment tonight. Jim says we are set up to attack and outscore teams and look more like uh, conceding when trying to defend and manage the game. We are better off attacking uh, full throw. Uh, from the first whistle. It will be a tough test on Saturday, Clive, but one, no doubt, Nigel Clough will have his side uh, rallied and uh, and ready for. What are you expecting oh, I, from it? I think it's it's going to be a, a really entertaining game for the neutral. Um, I think there'll be a bit more nail-biting from our point of view. And I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping we do win the game, but uh, um, I'd settle for a draw again and then we'll win at, we're going to win at Swindon. So it'll be a great August if we do do that. Yeah, it'd be nice to go unbeaten indeed. Nathan, what are you uh, expecting from uh, uh, from Saturday's game? Um, I think we should go out with a bit of a crafty match plan. And, uh, you know, you, you think of two of their players, if they both start, there's two players straight away we can get in the heads of. They can get get a bit grumpy at times, get a bit of, um, you know, if they don't get their own way, they're going to become frustrated. And that's Lee Angle and, and Andy Cook. So let's let's play to that. Uh, we need Jamie Maguire, uh, don't we? Oh, yeah, only. Anything to get him off commentary. Um, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> it's been so hard for you, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's the. Oh, I'll leave it there anyway. It's it's the it's his excitement for the goal. I just can't. It's, it's too loud in my ears. I can't deal with that. Um, hey, mate, it's great to score a goal. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, we had to go there. Didn't it's we? Like he's in the room. It's like he's yes. in the room. Jeez, get him out. Who was uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> really? It was, really good. It was uh, Graham McLaughlin. Uh, Graham McLaughlin, wasn't it? Oh my days. Listen, no, Graham McLaughlin always talking about the final turd. Everything final, was in the final turd. Listen, I said at the start of the show off camera, I wasn't going to, I was going to throw you under the bus with something. I decided about two minutes ago not to. And then you had a little dig at me, Nate. So why on earth, where you can put your name in on this new streaming software, have you decided to write the England blind legend ish? <laughs> it's all from your, uh, your you know, I'm, I'm still beaming after you're out and on Knots TV when you, you know, throw it out there. So it's all your own doing, let's be honest. So, and I've added an ish to basically, Basically summarise that. Yeah, I'm an England blind footballer, but I was a shite one at that. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, fellas, uh, my thanks to you. Uh, as always, thanks very much uh, for joining me. Really appreciate your uh, your time, as always, on the podcast. We will see you again um, on Sunday as we reflect on the Bradford game. For now, though, that is all we've got time for. Episode 6 of Season 5. Two out of three ain't bad indeed. But can the Stags continue their unbeaten start to the season and take at least the points from Bradford at home on Saturday? Whatever happens, make sure you join us on Sunday at 6pm-ish for the Sunday Sermon where lessons will be learnt and football will be discussed. For now, though, enjoy the rest of your week. 
Get your tickets from stagstickets.co.uk and relieve the, the pressure on the uh, on the staff. Of course, they're self-isolating and it'll be reduced staff on Saturday. But most importantly, get your tickets and back the boys. Keep that atmosphere going. It's been a fantastic start to the Skybet League 2 campaign. Long may that continue. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night.